We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get in! Right, it's a true faith podcast. I'm Alex Hurst, thanks, I. I'm Alex Hurst, uh, talking to you after the day after the night before, Newcastle United promoted back to the Premier League at the first time of asking. Um, and we've got quite a, a detailed trophy today looking at the promotion in general, looking ahead a little bit, a bit of the aftermath and the media from the manager, that kind of stuff. And then also at. Um, the match itself, which kind of has been forgotten in all of this, understandably so. So, who wants to start, lads? Um, Sai, go on then, I'll start with you. How, how do you feel, or how did you feel last night? How do you feel the day after after promotion back to the Premier League? Um, I, I still lost for words, absolutely buzzing. It's it's one of those, we've had lots of victories this season, and you always come away from St James's Park happy with a win, but it felt like... It felt like when you the games where you kind of beat Chelsea or you beat Arsenal, like a, a really big result, coming away from St James's Park, like over the moon, wishing it wasn't a school night because you kind of wanted to go out and, and celebrate it. But we restrained ourselves and just went to McDonald's instead. <laughs> but uh, I obviously buzzing, buzzing going into work this morning, like just everyone's in a good mood. Like the, the, the old cliche of like Newcastle is just bouncing as a city when stuff like this happens is is absolutely true. Like everyone in a good mood. Everyone asking us, oh. You, you, I was a match last night. I know people who have got no interest in football know that this was a big deal to people. Yeah. So people like birds at work who don't don't watch football have got no interest in it. Don't know who plays for Newcastle, but like, <laughs> good was it good last night? I've heard it was it was good. It's, it's just mint. I, was, I love this feeling. It was exactly the same at my place. Like there was there were set like there were women like oh it seems like everybody was at the match last night. Like everyone <laughs> was saying like, oh yeah I was there I was out all night like class. <laughs> like a few people turned up like still mortal. <laughs> uh, so that was good crack. Yeah, it was it was really important for the city. I think live on telly, no other matches on in front of the nation. Probably biggest viewing figures in Sunderland, I'd imagine. Um, <laughs> that hasn't gone down well on Wearside Shock. Um, kind of an aside, there was a lot of people who got in touch with uh, my own Twitter account and the podcast last season to give us grief when we relegated. Said people have, have blocked already. I love yeah. that the preemptive strike. Yeah. They knew what was coming. Um, nice way to spend your Monday night. Never mind that. Um, yeah, just, just so, 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 so happy. We've we've done the podcast, obviously, all season. And 
everyone's listened to the highs, the lows. You've all been at the match or watched the matches or followed the club from wherever you're listening from. And it's like, it, it, with Benitez, and it's kind of, I wouldn't say it's been forgotten, but relegation was an absolute disgrace for this football club. It was an absolute disgrace. If you look at the, the state of the teams that are in the Premier League compared to the, or even their clubs compared to this club, it was an absolute stain on the ownership of Mike Ashley and, and, and the men that made it happen. And there was more than more than just him. So to be back in the Premier League at the first time of asking after such a an eventful, fraught season, we've done it with, with three games to go. And I don't care what people say, when you get promoted with three games to go, statistically, that's pissing it. And, and, and fair play to Brighton as well, they've pissed it, but so have we. Um, three games to go and it, it should have been a lot sooner and it would have been a lot sooner if Rafa had been backed if the referees hadn't done everything they could to try and keep it down here. So just, just full of pride and admiration for the for the manager, for the players, for, for everyone involved at the football club. It's been a it's been a really positive club to support this season on, on every front, you know, from um the, the positive moves the club have made off the pitch PR wise to, to ticket prices, to you know, Gallagher flags being a part of that and the club being so positive behind it and just generally being able to support a football club that I'm proud of again. So Absolutely class, Ben. Um, how important was it to you and or, or to the club to, to get relegated first time back? Promoted. Get relegated first time Relegated, back. promoted. That, that was a mare, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. that was... Uh... That was really important. It's <laughs> set we back at least a year. Um... <laughs> Sorry, I was, just, I was part of the, the Sunderland <laughs> podcast this time next year when they go down to League One. Go on, boss. <laughs> no, it's it's massive. I mean, we've, we've talked about, obviously, um, a, a couple of times this year that it, it is so important just because, obviously, if, if we didn't go up, you, we're probably not keeping Rafa. The obviously the, the the amount of money in the Premier League, um, it's just getting more and more, and it's going to be harder and harder to bridge that gap the longer we're out of it. I mean, God help any of the teams um, that have that have struggled this time, like Sevilla and Norwich, and them that are, are going to have another year out of it um, as as the prices go up. So just just in terms of having a potential future to compete at the next level, it was I, I we had to get back up um, as well. The, just just in terms of the obviously the um the, the club just being able to attract the, the type of players that we want to be seeing. Um I mean we've we've all had with disagreements this season about sort of certain players and things like that. But um now we're back in the Premier League but we can hopefully start to to, to get in some players that are, are good enough to, to wear the shirt and, and actually put in the type of performances that we we expect to see. We wouldn't have got that with another year down. Um and it's just it's it just it's brought the, the buzz feeling back to the city. I mean size already said people are back interested now and I think we've all we've said all season it's been a hard slog um, I, I don't think I could have hacked another season like this just obviously two games a week the, the, the standard of football isn't brilliant uh, the referees are even worse and it's just it just would have would have been an absolute nightmare how we're not go up so pe- people talking about oh, disappointing at not winning the league yes obviously of course everyone's going to be disappointed but the, the priority had to be get up. I, I don't care how, just just get up, make sure because just lose any more ground, it, it could have a bigger, bigger impact uh, on the club long term than, than I think people realise. I mean, as I say, the, the, the gulf between the, the two leagues is, is already big and it's growing, so it was imperative that we get straight back up. You know, statistically, it's it's kind of a well a well uh, worn stat now, but in the past 11 seasons, so that's 33 teams that have gone down. Um, only seven have been automatically promoted, and two of them were us. <laughs> um, you move that on to the last five seasons, and only us and Burnley. Yeah. What's that? Fifteen teams. Yeah. 
Um, so we're going to have at the end of the season we've got I've got like 10 podcasts lined up for end of season stuff so we can really Shock. talk about stuff in detail <laughs> so I don't want to go too much into you know what players we need or don't need or, or blah 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 and we'll look we'll, we'll look back at the season in, in a lot of detail we've got a lot of different people lined up to come oh, on shows we've got the, the title to win first you know so yeah. plenty of time but, so I, I don't want to kind of talk about the you know the, di- the distant future too much on this show anyway but and I don't want to talk about you know analyzing the job and you know people want to say um, you know how how important it was, not how important it was sorry but how we could have done better and, and all this, that. this monologue leading up to but I'm going to discuss it right now no no so I, I, I don't want to say now but what what I, what I do want to say is like it, it was absolutely great to just have one night off for everybody like the whole I didn't see any negativity on yeah. Twitter. There was a little bit of negativity at the ground at 1-1, but the the overriding feeling was it was a fantastic atmosphere last night. St. James's Park. Especially was, second half. Especially second half was dead loud. Just a really, really great night. And it's so it's so rare that we'll have those nights or days following this football club. And yeah, there's been some good nights this season. Fucking Brighton and at Huddersfield were fantastic. But that feeling last night was a feeling of success. Yeah. And um, it's, it's not a feeling we've had for such a long time. And those stats I've just given you there, so I, I think really should... Ram home to any doubt is that what we what this club has achieved this season is nothing short of miraculous. I mean, the statistics bear that out. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I, I've very much enjoyed this season. You, you can't not enjoy a season of Newcastle United football where you've got Rafa Benitez as manager and everything's everything's rosy basically. But you can't doubt the 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 quality of the championship. Whilst it's been tough and grueling, is poor. Like the standard of football is poor. Rafa's assembled a championship side. Would you know? Could, People, people have expected more from us. Yeah, he's ex- he's assembled a, a good, but just just a championship side, and we play championship football just slightly better than the rest of the championship, apart from Brighton. And yeah, I don't know if I could put another forty six games in <laughs> of championship football because it has been it's been tough watching at times. Even though you, you know it's always been we've done pretty well in it Rafa. for most of them, but yeah, yeah. we've scored plenty of goals. I don't know anyone who could question the style of football we've played when we scored like eighty goals. It's it's, it's mental, but. Um, I, it's not. It's not been pretty at times, but that's that's the championship, and it, it is such a relief to get out of it, <laughs> in that sense. Yeah, I mean, last night as a whole, um, great great start, and we'll talk about the match later, Ben. But just just touching on the atmosphere there, was it kind of, um, you know, was it kind of party? Did you did you feel it was like party mode second half and oh big time? I mean, the Preston fair play to them play the part beautifully. <laughs> um, I mean that lad making one of the saves of the season um, <laughs> but, but getting himself ultimately sent off um, did us a massive favour and just, just after that I mean it was a, it was weird I mean I, I said to you the way they approached the second half was really weird they didn't push where the, the, the t- we'll get yeah I suppose we'll, we'll, we may as well get on to the game then Ben um, team selection wise did you were you surprised I mean Rob Elliott was the big one and you know Atsu getting getting the call uh, I suppose, and, and Clark back. Were you, were you behind the team he picked? Uh, there was a couple I was I was surprised with. There, I mean, it was really good to see Clark back. I think he's been a big miss. Um, so it was it was good to see him back in the fold. But uh, yeah, I thought it was a cut. I mean, the Elliott one was a bit bit of a shock. Um, I mean, Darlow's he's he's made a few mistakes, but he he hadn't been dropped before. Now it just seemed a bit of a, a rash one to pull him now. I mean, there's been other games. I mean, the Norwich one springs to mind where I could have seen him being pulled before now, um, but he wasn't. Um, so 
<laughs> it, it, I mean, it, it worked out in the end. I mean, I thought Elliot had a decent game. He made some decent saves. I mean, I know you're not happy with him about the goal, <laughs> but um, I, I thought he was fine. He, he, he commanded his area pretty well and, and made a vital save at, uh, at 1-1. So um, I, I think that one, it didn't do any harm and it, it, he came in and did a solid solid job. I thought Atsu um, looked, looked lively. Obviously, he took his goal really well. It was a brilliant finish. Um, and... He, he was he was positive. I think it was one of the better games he's had starting from the the beginning. Um, and just I, th- I think in general, I mean, it wasn't a, a, a bad um, wasn't a bad. T- I mean, there's not too many decisions you've really got to make. I mean, I think Anita we've, we've already uh, mentioned a couple of times, sort of last night and today. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll come on to Anita. Poor, I suppose but, in a bit. Um, so just but to, yeah, just just in general, I thought it, it was pretty much spot on, other than uh, the odd one or two spots. So, so my my take on Elliot. Everyone who's listening to the show knows I don't rate him. To me, I don't like him as a bloke, or I'd love him to prove me wrong. Um, he didn't prove us wrong last night. First of all, I I was in Ipswich and um, Darlow was rubbish really bad in pretty much everything he did and um, although it's harsh I think he's had a really good season um, it's almost like yeah how many catastrophic errors can you make mm-hmm. and while I don't and think still, it's, it's been an error the season but you look at like Bristol City you look at Norwich and you look at Ipswich that's all games we failed to win and mm-hmm. he's contributed to their goals and I think maybe three strikes in your out from Rafa mm-hmm. I'm sure it's not as cut and dry as that I thought also it was nice just to see Elliot get a chance in this division and maybe get, I don't know whether you'll get a medal for playing or something. I just thought, I thought it was maybe <laughs> the right call to bring him in. And I thought, what do you mean? <laughs> like a war medal or something. Yeah, like... <laughs> well, no, just he's, he's apparently influential at the training ground. He's a Victoria and... Cross, Rob, for uh, <laughs> um, doing that one game uh, on a, a cold Monday night and showing he's got promotion. For playing services to playing in defence behind Vernon and Eater, <laughs> right back. Um... <laughs> No, but I, th- but I thought, you know, fair enough, and I wasn't as upset as people tweeting me thought I would have been. However, <laughs> he, he definitely should save the goal. Definitely. He gets a full hand to it. When it. Watching it from the corner, I thought he should have done better, but I thought, oh, it's one of them things. I'll go through the goal in a second. It was full of errors, but um, from loads of players, not just Elliot. Yeah. But it went from it being he should have done better to when I saw the highlights to just he should have saved it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, first of all, I need his miles out of position. But I think as bad as it was in the first half, and I mean, I say credit to him in the second half again, better. It's not like he had any defending to do. Mm-hmm. But um, he was caught out of position. He was outpaced a lot. I mean, blokes around us go nuts in the corner because blokes are faster than Vernon. It's like, telling the fuck off isn't going to make him any less so slow. Shouting out him to run when he's clearly yeah, running back, clearly he's just not as fast as he Running as hard as he can. Also, the, both times when he was caught out of position, he was about 20 yards behind the line. He was never catching him. Yeah. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Lascelles for the goal kind of he, he goes towards the man and then he, he, he tells Anita to go out well now Jamal who had a good game but you go you, you yeah. deal with him your yeah. defender you deal with him Anita can drop in at centre back there's no one out there was one one pressing player in the box with Clark um, I just thought that was poor from Lascelles yeah, you know, Lascelles dropped back into, to, into the box to mark nobody to yeah. do nothing and it was yeah. just a bit Bit of shit. It was shit from Mitrovic, who we'll talk about in detail, going down in the box under no pressure, just losing the ball. Obviously, I'm not blaming him for the goal, but I just thought it was poor from him. Um, and then Clark lets the lad, he's got one player to mark. Yeah, he did one little bit of movement behind the back in front. I know this sounds a bit negative, but we're just talking through the goal. But um, it was a dead, dead poor, poor goal to concede. And I suppose after they scored that goal, we were very poor in the first half. It, it seemed uh, <laughs> sort of 
create a bit of a, a sour atmosphere as well as just in terms of I think a lot of people got very nervous at that point thinking oh here we go again like we're, we're, it just sort of there was a bit of I mean there wasn't much negativity but there was a little bit after that point I think a lot of people around us were shouting things and there was a bit of frustrating frustration just in terms of it it was such a poor goal and it was a fairly comfortable game up to that point other than a couple of balls in behind Anita yeah. um, and it, it was just that that was a bit of a, a as you say just a, a moment where you just think for fuck's sake lads like <laughs> we didn't need that night then yeah. like just see out the first half just do your jobs properly um, and there was just too many people messed up there Sayatsu gets the second goal fantastic work from um, Hayden and good work from Mitterich but we've had our say I think we all agreed that Atsu didn't have a future I just find myself I, I thought I don't know there was just a little bit I don't know what it was I saw last night from him <laughs> that made me believe a little bit that actually I don't know what it was maybe I mean we're playing a mid-table championship team with nothing yeah, to play I'd, for you'd, maybe you'd, I'm you'd had, too much into it but you'd had two pints Dogger <laughs> <laughs> and, and a dessert um, <laughs> well, um, but you know I, I don't know am I, am I reading too much into it I really like this finish you know his finish was the same against Cardiff yeah. where when we were watching it live obviously it's at the other end of the pitch from the corner um, it looks like an almost an, a natural finish like tapping into a goal but it was a really good finish um, and it was it was he kind of got himself in some good positions quite a lot last night but yeah. sorry I think it's the apple crumbling custard talking <laughs> <dogger>. <laughs> You uh, played well last night. I, I, I'm still not convinced by him. Uh, you, you said it was a, a mid-table Preston who have got nothing to play for, who completely gave up after after we scored the second goal. They just completely pied the match. They just, you know, they were just happy to let us just take the take the win, the promotion. Um, he did play well, and actually, um, one of the most frustrating things about Atsu this season has more been the way we play with Atsu. In that, whenever he's out on the left wing, we're just looking for these ridiculous fifty-yard balls in the air to him. And yesterday, um, we actually saw kind of how that's supposed to work. Because even though he's not going to win the header, yesterday we had players. So this is me kind of admitting that maybe we were wrong about it. There was two players instantly in on the Around ball as soon as it dropped. So the right back was obviously going to win the header, but to where? The yeah. ball every time Winning the ball dropped, ball. Hayden was there, or even Midrich was dropping in there. It's like the new. All right, the ball's in the air. Actually, he's probably not going to win the header, but they knew that right, we're going to pile some pressure into that corner, and it was coming off, and then we we're finding Dummett or bringing someone else into the game, and it was working. Um, but yeah, it was one of his better performances for us. But really, at home to Preston, when we absolutely dominated the game for for the majority of it, you can't expect much. Much. It's it's a difficult performance to judge, isn't it? Because yeah. it was literally the the second half was just the dream, the dream game for every player there. That obviously. <laughs> They got a man sent off. They they just pied the game. They weren't interested in putting any pressure on the play. So, I mean, Perez looked like a thirty million pound player last night for stages. Yeah. Well, come on, to Perez. Um, yeah. But it's just he he looked like a lively player again, and it, it's hard to judge yeah. any of them on, on that type of performance. He had so much time with the ball last year, and yeah, I don't want to get at him. He had a perfectly good game, and he's contributed to a to a great result. But I, I, I don't think my opinion of him changed. I wouldn't spend money on a player like Atsu. <laughs> Oh it's shit, a, lads. It's, a good, it's a good job. But Huddersfield have just scored. Oh my god. Oh, that but game it doesn't matter because we're off. Get in! <laughs> Fuck off. That's bloody game in hand. That game in hand, like the, the world's most famous game in hand, Huddersfield. <laughs> um, but essentially, though, with um, Anita, it's a good job Raph was in charge because if it was me, not that I'd be in charge, but if it was me, I'd be like, you can all stay. He's all done a great job. We don't need to sign any new players. Um, <laughs> sticking with you, lads, out at all. Whereas I'm sure Raph will be far more ruthless um so that was kind of that and we'll talk about the second goal 
Isaac Hayden winning that ball back though. I mean, t- it was it was kind of important that he was willing to come out of midfield mm-hmm. to press their back four, which is something that we haven't really seen, particularly when Mitrovic plays. Yeah, and his kind of lack of mobility compared to Gale um, was really important. This this kid scares me a little bit. That I wouldn't say Newcastle fans don't rate him because they do, but I I tweeted some stuff out on my personal account before, and I'll I'll make this argument as the, the summer goes on. I don't think we need a new squad. I think um, some of the people who tweet and say we're shit is um, disrespectful. Not that I'm sure they care. Uh, towards the team, what they've achieved. Um, I think that there was definitely a, a, a nucleus of a really good squad there. Young lads who understand this 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 division and the division above in the football. But when people tweet and say, right, yeah, Shelby, Clark, Gale, they'll, they'll talk about Richie. them, Richie. No one other mentions Isaac Hayden. Yeah. Isaac Hayden's fucking class. He's been a massive miss. What can't he do? Yeah. He took yeah. two million quid. We've, we've had Arsenal's pants down. <laughs> I'm serious. Two million quid, 21 year old. He's he's absolutely he's he's brilliant. He's got he's got nearly 100 games in the championship under yeah. his belt. Yeah. He's been at the heart of the midfield pretty much every game we've won. Yeah. We've, we've struggled without him massively. He's just a, just he, he's a really good foil for Shelby as well because he's he's. Um, He's got that. He's quick enough and and fit enough to to cover the, a lot of ground. And he's also willing. He's he's not yet. I mean, obviously, I think he was brought in to be like a holding midfielder. But he he's not just willing to do that. He he gets forward. He gets ahead of Shelby a lot of the time. And some of our best performances have been him and Shelby linking up when he's he's bombing forward and making That's really intelligent thing, yeah. runs. When, and I like that balance that he gives more than than any of the other players. I think I think fitness there. comes in when he's a fit lad. But it's our, our kind of in the in right, <laughs> previously immature. This is the uh, Isaac Hayden loving. <laughs> previously in the uh, in the season, I think you know, especially those early games against Fulham and Huddersfield, he frustrated me a lot because of his lack of willingness to get forwards, and mm-hmm. especially early in games. But I think now it's it's kind of as much um, the fact that you know he waits. He's not going to start the game running forwards, but as as the game goes on, he, he becomes more and more advanced. And I tell you what, that Gallagher robbed Hayden of a goal, dead harsh. That was yeah, that was yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know, come to your first touch, bang, get in, three one Hayden, well done, goal to return. <laughs> no, Matt Ritchie's <laughs> having this one. To be fair to Gallagher though, um, you know, our, our, our baggots, you know, why why not try and win a re- win a free kick? Because you <laughs> get a pen. Yeah. <laughs> There's every chance that you could win a free kick in your own area. Um, yeah, so Hayden was absolutely mint, and, and also every chance that the ref wasn't going to give it and just yeah. let it play on. Well, funnily enough, two two points. One, I thought the ref was really good last night. We've mm-hmm. spent enough of the season slagging refs, and we'll continue to do so <laughs> with the post-season ones. Someone, um, Alex uh, Wilson, a listener, tweeted they saying we should do a, like a worst ref podcast. <laughs> we like, wouldn't have time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> longest podcast we've ever done, and possibly the most boring, but. <laughs> he, I don't think he was going to give that pen and it's weird because when you watch the highlights back it looks like he gives it straight away but when he did it there was we a... were screaming handball and it, and it was the linesman that gave it and yeah. I thought the ref wasn't going to give it despite it being a, he doesn't just like Rob Elliott wants to take tips off this lad two hands <laughs> to get, get a good strong palm <laughs> round the post think, well, the, the, yeah, you said that to me as it happened and I think the only thing I can explain to you is the ref was standing in a really weird position at the corner of the box and all the players were in the box and maybe he couldn't see the handball shout was so loud though yeah. I know you can't listen to the crowd but it was like the Preston players I think he just he had a look to the lines and say it was a like, handball yeah. right, fine like, <laughs> yeah. it's just fair enough if he didn't say it quite funny if, if anyone Worrying watches that the extended say it, highlights or I don't even it's on the short highlights but in UFC.com I've got the full 90 which is good and no commentary though which is weird um, though the crowd sounds good 
Um, or they've got the kind of 10 minute extended highlights so you get to see like a few chances that aren't on the, the shorter highlights on Sky and stuff like that but um, Clark Kieran Clark when the referee pulls out the red card just turns on and says twat <laughs> and shakes his head about Gallagher <laughs> um, which was funny um, more of that please guys next season um, but yeah my point is I think I think Hayden's got to start next season I, I'd, yeah. I'd struggle to think that we could get a better I mean, yeah, that, we could get a better player, but you know, for for, for value so for young, money the value and, and yeah, the fact he understands Rafa's system now and mm -hmm. has that partnership with Shelby, uh, I don't, you know, I, we we need to get more. Yeah, have more. I'm far more concerned about buying a creative midfielder to replace Shelby yeah, yeah, yeah. than getting someone in to, to replace Hayden. I, I think there's bigger needs in the team, isn't there? I mean, before when, when you start stripping everyone away and thinking who's uh, who, where do we really need reinforcements? That that's one of the positions where I would say that we're actually. We're not too bad. We're to get by with with the midfield of of Shelby and Hayden. You're, pretty comfortable. You want to focus the, the money and the quality on, on positions where we haven't already got players who yeah. could do could do it. Good, a good little segue that side. So two players I want to talk about now. First of all, Alexander Mitrovic. What did you make of his performance last night? Oh, <laughs> it's harsh, but I thought he was poor, especially first half. He was just the uh, the usual Mitrovic. I mean, um, he was he was. Making a few more runs, which which we like to see, like looking to get into goal scoring positions, because I think we've bemoaned him a lot of times this season where he just doesn't seem to get any chances to score. So at least he was running into positions and 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 receiving the ball in attacking positions. And for um, the Atsu goal as well, we're all screaming Atsu, 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 yeah, and, yeah. and Mitro receives the ball first, but he knew Atsu was there. And Great his, ball, his I think. I don't know. It looks easy, but I think that with you know with his left foot. Yeah. Playing that first time perfectly, not just Adam, but into his path. Yeah, he's he done, done very well and uncharacteristically, very unselfish of him because normally <laughs> he'd be instantly trying to score himself. He was a bit petulant again over a few free kicks, like de demanding to take it. Don't think he was that bad about the penalty this time. Uh, I don't, we don't need to dwell on Mitrovic. We've done him done him to death this season, but I've, I really don't think um, he's done much to, to convince us that after two years of being at the club. That we'll see any more of him next season. He's not really, he's not really a Rafa player. I don't think Benitez is interested in, in keeping him on. And no, I, I just think it's a little bit harsh. I mean, we were discussing it last night after the game, and he, he was making positive runs, and he was he was looking to get him behind, and just the balls weren't coming. And I, you can only imagine how frustrating it must be when you're like he's, he's not the type of lad that's going to make thirty runs a game. So if you're making those runs and you're not getting it, um, you, you're going to get a bit pissed off that, that the ball's not coming when it, it should be. There, there were times then where obviously obviously not every run's going to re, uh, result in you getting the ball, but there were so many times in the first half where just, just the, the, the defender would look up, so it was either Lascelles or Anita or someone, there'd be a ball in, uh, to, in, in, in Mitrovic or behind and it just wouldn't come, the, the, the bottle, the, the pass and... I sort of I can understand he's frustrating why he's, his frustration why he he starts to drop deep in games because he's he's just out of games and he must be worrying himself thinking shit I've got to make an impact here somehow yeah, otherwise I'm not going to play again. It's yeah. mental though, Ben. It's by it's by obviously it's he's frustrating. He's not going to play. He's dropping the whole midfield. I know. Like there was times in the second half we were kind of saying during the match he was picking the ball up from Hayden and passing it back to ourselves. It's yeah, like yeah. what are you like, what are you yeah, that, what I mean, are you that, doing? That is a waste. I, don't, I obviously I'm, I'm not defending that, but. I, I can understand from his perspective why why he does that because you, you can see that he's he's, yeah. he's not having any impact on the game 
when he's, he's making runs yeah. and the people aren't getting the ball to him. I understand the point you're making, but surely, like, how has he not got that that's not how Rafa works? <laughs> Rafa will rate him so much more highly if he just does his job and stays up front and plays as a striker. I think he's, he's slowly getting... So getting a bit better Slowly. game by game he's starting to get a bit I think it's now one goal in 18 appearances for Newcastle um, I don't know how many starts I mean it's at least he start, He scored at Wolves when he started he didn't score against Derby he didn't score against Bristol he didn't score against Leeds he didn't score tonight he, it's, really, it's, it's really hard to see how he has a place in a team in the Premier League but you know what let's I, I, that said, I don't think Rafa will sell him straight away. I don't think he'd be on a ridiculous wage for his for his age. I don't know, it's um, thirty million quid sign. I don't th- fifteen you know, million exactly. I don't think we'll get that back. So no, no, we'll not so get that back. We wouldn't need to sell. <laughs> what I'm saying is, we don't need to sell him immediately to get another transfer. Villa might buy him for fifteen million. We'll, like yeah. someone Raffle, stupid like that. Rafa will probably you know keep 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 his cards close to his chest, obviously. But you'll keep a hold of him. See what we get in the door. If we get two or three quality strikers, obviously he's out. But if we only get one good one in and maybe he's another yeah. squad player... If Murphy goes and he's third choice, you could say, yeah. couldn't you? Yeah, he probably sticks around and Rafa just sees, as he's done this season, just see what you can get out of him when you need him. Like, I mean, he's, he's, he's had games where he's come on and made an impact towards the end. I mean, Chef yeah, yeah. Wedd, he, he had a good impact. Um, and... and there's others so he's got, I was going to say he's got he's got a role to play I'm sure and I think well, it's that's, just... that's the, the the great thing about Rafa isn't it like you know, we've all kind of at least half of us on the podcast have completely written him off at times this season Rafa clearly doesn't rate him and, and doesn't doesn't trust him yet he will still keep giving him chances because he at the end of the day, he's, he's, he was he's just a great lad. He was a thirty million pound striker, and he's he's, he's an asset, and he's, he's part of the club. So like, there's no point in just just pying him off entirely. Try and get something out of him. You'll keep trying. <laughs> like myself. For, for me, um, for me, the chance last night, which kind of summed him up a little bit, was that one where it, right early on it was nil nil, and the ball bounces over the keeper's head. Oh yeah. And obviously we're we're at the end of the pitch, so you're like, oh, was it a big chance? You watch it on the telly. Mare from the keeper. Yeah. Fair play to Mitrovich as well for following it in, and he made sure he wasn't offside as well. So that's good. You know, you watch the line as I think it was Hayden kind of put the ball back in. Um, but the the ball went over the keeper's head. Mitrovich is in front of the keeper, so the keeper can't get the ball off. He's but he's behind you. He, he's fully behind you. He can't get the ball, and he heads it miles over the bar. Yeah. He probably could have let that drop and, and tapped it in, yeah. but it was that kind of rush of blood, that desperation to score, yeah. which yeah. until he. He's not. He's never going to get the chances to play probably under Benitez ten games in a row, mm. which you probably think someone that age might need to, to really to really kind of come on, get get the confidence, get, get, get and his development fitness and, levels up yeah. and stuff like that. So I just don't know if I'll happen. Don't talk about him too much, but I mean, he's. Could you see him going out on loan next year? Maybe. <laughs> Rafa does love hiring an unwanted player. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we're all forgetting we've got Big Emmanuel coming back. and uh. you know, he's, obviously, <laughs> he's obviously going to have to be slotted into the first team. <laughs> Everyone talking about buying new players, well, we've got us as soon as fourth best striker. Uh, <laughs> book the flight now. There, um, is a, there's a player in there somewhere. There is a player Coach in there somewhere. Dogger, <laughs> two years ago. Oh, he's 2014. Sai, <laughs> si, I'll come to you first on Perez, uh, purely and simply because... Um, Half time, quite funny yesterday, or just before half time. What the fuck's Perez done here in this first half? Like three people all turned around, and scored. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think? Ada, 
Do you think he had a good I'll game? Add, I'll add to that. I, I couldn't see who had scored, and you told me that Lascelles had scored. <laughs> you knew Perez. Lascelles from is a danger from corners. Yeah, like those flick ons constantly getting them. Oh yeah, yeah. I, he did. He did get the header actually Lascelles, and he it just kind of bounced in off Mitro. Got the got to it and kicked it in off Perez. I don't know if you've no, seen no, on the replay. Mitro, Mitro kicks it and it hits off Perez and goes into so Perez. Gets another <laughs> poor lad. Um, I other than that, it was still true. He'd scored, but he had he had barely touched the ball. He just. It was a when, when we'll have a slow first half as we did, and until the, until the second goal when it opened up a bit more. Um, you, you, you just you think is Perez playing? You must have touched the ball about four times in the first half, and that's that's where this season we've all kind of said that Diame was was more preferable in, in number ten. But then second half, when we're actually attacking and full of confidence, he's brilliant. Like he, he, there is still a, a fucking good player in there. It's just it's a good attacking player who should never be playing as part of a kind of attacking two that contains Mitrovic. The pair of them have become like just synonymous with with not scoring goals when when they're both there. But this is my take on Perez from last night. You got the two goals, which were lucky, but still got to be there. You got the two goals. He's got the overhead kick, which is class. Yeah, yeah. Saves it leads leads to the penalty, changes the game. He's also got the one on one where he should score. It's like. I'm kind of I can live with his um, non-existence more and more these days because I think I've, I know I've been very critical in this season. You very critical. Key moments. But so. he started to contribute in an attacking sense, which is what we want. Yeah. And I think it was like Forest away, and no, was it Sheffield? Forest away in Sheffield, where I this it's it sounds silly, doesn't it? But I genuinely didn't know he was playing. Yeah. About twenty-five minutes in, it's like fucking hell, Perez. Where's he been? <laughs> Last this, two this or three months, last two or three months, um, basically, I think he's he's starting to improve more and more, and I've I've kind of the same with uh, what Atsu a little bit. I'm kind of starting to think he might have a future at the club just because those those um, attacking instincts and the fact that he's starting to contribute in attacking sense, particularly in home games, is starting to shine through a little bit. So I don't know whether I'm just just kind of mugging myself well, off here because I'm so critical of him. But this, I think it's uh, eleven goals this, this season. This yeah. Eleven Surprise, goals yeah. is all right. It's not eleven bad. goals from a player who, for eighty-five minutes a game, goes missing. <laughs> it, it sounds a little bit like a certain number like 10, eleven goals and eight assists. Or a something a like certain that. number ten from the last promotion season who we bemoaned the whole time. <laughs> well, in the last promotion season, uh, he was playing in centre midfield. So. What? Kevin Nolan. No, he's well, yeah, behind no, Andy Carroll a lot of the time. No, no, he well, oh, no, played two up front. People forget under yeah. Hooten, we played Hooten, we played two up front. Went in the Premier League and he changed it and he lost his job. He should just yeah. kept playing two up front. Yeah, two up front, beat Blackpool at home. Two up front in the Premier League against Blackpool, got beat. Yeah, uh, four, five, one. Um, <laughs> aye, but it's very, it's very Nolan esque. This, this pattern from Perez of just like, yeah. it doesn't seem to touch the ball or do anything, but he's there to score he's goals. He's in the right now. place at yeah. the right time, more and more. Which is maybe what Rafa's coaching him to do. So, I think he's got a future, <laughs> more so than Mitro. Definitely. Um, I suppose that kind of does it on the game. Um, just a really nice... It was a shame that we got a couple more goals, but that's being greedy. Another another game where we scored four. Nice to see Newcastle score goals. A um, little bit of negativity, like Ben said, at 1-1, but the second half, the atmosphere is really good. We even got to stand up. Get in. <laughs> the last 10, 15 minutes of the game. It's no secret now that um, Warhem and Gallagher flags, but particularly Warhem, have been in discussions with the club. Uh, about a singing section next season. I uh, can't give too much away, and it's nothing's confirmed, but they've publicly tweeted that, so I, I don't get in trouble for saying that the discussions are ongoing, but we're hopeful of making that happen. Um, the reaction, lads, I want to talk about the reaction in the national media. I, I've probably listened to a lot more talks about the news have today, and I don't know why I listen to it, 
but I do. We were listening to it on the way home from the match and couldn't believe the patter. Really? Jason, Jason Cundy, what was a just, cunt. Was, yeah. Talk Sport, Legos. Talk Sport have basically got four shows. You've got a breakfast show with Brazil. You've got Jim White, Hawksby and Jacobs, who are all right. Drive. Then you've got Drive, well, the nighttime, the evening one, and then you've got whoever you sports listen to. Sports bar. Every single one of those shows, main topic was Newcastle United. Every single one. And every single one put the same question to the listeners that Newcastle's promotion wasn't an achievement, that Rafa Benitez was overpaid for the job he'd done and that he was most likely going to leave the club and there was some absolutely mental stats thrown about. So I've heard today people who are paid, paid to talk about football say that there's a chance Rafa Benitez would walk if he didn't get 100 to 150 million quid to spend in the summer. <laughs> that's just, that's a fabrication. That's a lie. I'm sorry. There's no way Rafa Benitez has, has he ever had 150 million no. quid to spend at any Probably club not even career. at Real Madrid. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely not at Real Madrid. They didn't sign yeah. any of the players he wanted. Um, <laughs> it just, it just, I don't know, lads. What do you think? Why, why is it that Newcastle's promotion is such big news? It's big news to us, and it's, it looks like Newcastle are a big club, despite what fans well, that's, that's small clubs tend to say. But why, why, why the media? So negative. I'll give, I'll give you an example. Brighton were promoted what last weekend mm-hmm. on Easter. You know, yeah, yeah. only a week ago. Nothing said about no it. No one. Brighton. They had Brighton players on. They had the manager. They had the players. They had fans, and it was just a dead feel good. No one was talking about relegation. No one was talking about shortcomings in the squad. No one was talking about the salary of Chris Hooten. No one was talking about the fact that they are a sugar daddy club. Mm-hmm. To Tony Bloom, he built them a fucking stadium. He built them a training ground. They have spent, the in terms of net spend, I know net spend is a bit of a boring Arsenal TV word, but Brighton, in the history of the Championship, have kind of spent more money than only, only I think, Leicester when they got promoted. So in terms of money they've spent this season, we've spent minus 30 million, obviously. Brighton have spent more than any other team in Championship history, apart from Leicester. Yet it's Newcastle and Rafa Benitez who, who people are turning around and saying, you know, blah, 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 they're, they're not that good, they've got to sign a whole new squad. Why, Si? Why, why, why the difference for people who aren't Newcastle fans to be so to be a so um, consumed by Newcastle and so negative? I, I don't know. It's a, it's a hard question to answer because I don't understand it. We we were amazed that the that literally half an hour after Newcastle sealed promotion in a, in a great victory, the Talksport wanted the narrative to be, oh well, they should have done better. Like that. That's what that was what they started with. And it's like, will he stay? Like I say, why all the negativity? Why can't people enjoy or be happy for Newcastle United? I mean, that that was the it was so it was Goldstein and Cundy. And I think Gold we'd obviously missed the start of the show, but he sort of obviously put it to Cundy like, oh, what like what what sort of achievement was that or something like that? And it, he was saying, oh, I'm surprised that you've been so negative. They've just got promoted, but he was just banging on and banging on the fact that it was a disgrace that we hadn't won the league and that we would, would have been embarrassed by Brighton. Yeah, it's like on the one hand. It was the narrative at the start of the season where oh, I think Raffle will struggle at this level. You know, he doesn't yeah. know the league. It's it's going to be difficult. Championships are it's a tough old league. And then he's he's at the end of the season saying, well, the, his, his part was basically well, they had Rafa Benitez. See, Rafa Benitez should have won the league. And I could live, you know, let's put Jason Cundy to one side because <laughs> you can live with one stupid bloke yeah. or one show that has to try and no, try to call. As I say, it's been the national but media. It's just, for it whole. to be relentless, to be in every newspaper, to be, and I suppose one of the issues is Benitez's interview himself when he said, you know, he's asked. Will he be here next season? And he says, you never know in football. With, love, with a big smile on his face. I hope so. Yeah. He says, I hope so. Yeah. And I love the club. Yeah. I don't expect him to say yes either way because it's too definitive an answer. Surely yeah. I talk. I think he'll be here. And I said it in the podcast, I didn't think he'd be here next season. I now think he will be here. 
I'm not scared. It is. It is a bit. It is a bit Newcastle United. To, to you know, we're celebrating promotion. Yet all the press is negative, yeah. and all of the you know the big question turns to Rafa Benitez and his future, and we can't just tend to maybe enjoy it as much as as, as, as say a Brighton or Probably fans not. of other clubs. My my interpretation of Rafa's Rafa's reaction and Rafa's response to the question. I mean, he answered a lot of other questions about being buzzing and, and thanked and congratulated yeah. loads of people, and and right, rightly so. And always all buzzing to hear it. Um, he's just he's just doing what he needs to do now to. To you know, to have the bargaining chips when he comes to discussions that, that have to happen, you know, you can't just sit and say yes, I'll definitely stay because that weakens his position. I mean, that what what what's changed really from when he came into the club last like the, the last year? Obviously, at that time it was a relegation scrap. Um, we went down. Obviously, there was questions: will he stay in the championship? He did. We've got promoted. We're now back in the Premier League. Like really, his situation hasn't. Really changed for better yeah. or for worse. He, he he's been in this position the whole time. Yeah, the, the, Obviously, the, the job was to get back to the Premier League. He's done that, and now it's what he was initially the, brought in to do yeah. was to keep up and start to build something. Yeah. The media and reaction doesn't take into account Rafa did about ten minutes of walking around the pitch, fist pumping yeah. the crowd. Yeah. He fucking loves it. He's, he's he, absolutely buzzing with what's he, he, he walked to the Gallagher's just to shake the hands of the lads, put taking the nets down. Yeah. <laughs> like, a, few, man. a few more fist pumps. To the crowd, yeah, like. that was just purely just to get down near the crowd just to lap it up. Yeah. But like, <laughs> he's not done. He's, with this club. He's, he's not done exactly, and there's, there's that's the thing. It's, he realizes the potential, and I think, obviously, the the whole problem all along is can he put up with the people that he's got to work with at the club, Ashley, Charlie, Carr, and people like that that are still there in the background. Um, and I mean, that might be some of the people that he's maybe having a pop at as well in that interview earlier about saying that there's people that have seen relegations. He could be having a pop at the likes of Carr, who's been brought buying in a lot of these players. Yeah. Um, that I mean that that'll be the the issue is it's wrestling that sort of the control of the club out of the people that have man mishandled it so badly for the last five years or plus or whatever it's been, um, but I've no doubt like he's 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 not going anywhere he's sticking he's started something he realizes the potential that we've got like I think obviously the the players he's got his squad he's he's selected these players that he's brought in we've talked about Hayden he's got a big future with him. Um, there's plenty what, more. What the the, 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 the defence, the defence, the likes of Yedlin, um, Clark, like Lascelles, have all got futures with it. And it's it's, it's it's a young team Fire. that I'm sure he, he thinks he can he can we'll do something with and mould. And, and they've, what we were, talk, we were talking about a little while ago, about how it's taking time for players to get used to his system, but he's not going to discard those players having put spent so much time and developed them. Um, so I, I just think, I, I can't say it, Every, everything's... Uh, Sort of in place for him to, to stay and do a I good job. I think people will come back to you, Ben. I agree with you, but I think people will come back and say, "But Mike Ashley, because he's so." And that's and yeah, I, I mean that's so what I've just said. It's that's and, the problem. It's yeah. the, the the people. But was, I would say there's so much shit, or there has been so much shit involved in supporting this club in the last ten years and before, but particularly mm-hmm. for us and people listening in the last ten years, um, that if it does come to it, there's no point sticking your head in the sand and thinking everything will be fine. But until it gets really, really bad and. There are issues that suggest it isn't going to be fine. I'd rather just enjoy the moment yeah. and and ignore the negative arseholes <laughs> in the media who are absolutely desperate to, yeah. to put the. You see, the funny thing is, it's like um, their argument doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's like you should have you should have got promoted in March. Um, Benitez is overpaid for the job. You should well he should have got promoted in March with Benitez, but he's overpaid. Well, it's one of the two. Like I know we didn't get promoted in March, but Benitez like his wages. Considering made a thirty million pound profit in the transfer window, surely is like wages don't come into it because the, why, why is money so important? Yeah. But also, you should have got promoted in March, 
but your team's not good enough and you're going down next season like what's what's all that about yeah like it's nonsensical but enough right, about listen, yeah i mean the, the rapper interview if you listen to the whole thing it, it, there's very little to go on there that would suggest anything other than he's buzzing and, and wants to continue uh, what they choose to use as a soundbite to kind of introduce a, a question on talk sport or what they use to choose as a headline for a newspaper is what they choose if they want if they want to make people read and, and look interested that's what they've got to do and that's their thing yeah, we have very shortly coming up, we'll have uh, Norman, long-time listener of the show, um, is a fluent Spanish speaker, so he has interpreted for us Rafa's very casual interview with a Spanish radio station, one of Spain's main radio stations, so that's coming up very shortly, because um, I thought that was probably more interesting than, than the kind of very media, um, you know, what's the right word, PR-orientated, you know, kind of you know, media train interviews he does with the, the English media because uh, he knows how th- things get taken out of proportion. So, so listening for that, but I just think that about does it, Lance, for, the, for, for our contribution to the show. Um, just a great night to be a Newcastle fan and a great week. Just really happy. <laughs> you don't sound like you sound good. Just tired. No, I'm not good. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, like, it, was, it was a long night last night. I was it's buzzing. been a long fucking season. Like, I can't wait until it's over. I know. Got home with a celebratory air. McFlurry, <laughs> but I didn't and, and kick for ages. I was so buzzing after the game. Oh, I watched like I waited for the Sky News top of the hour like yeah, three times yeah, yeah. just to see all the crack again. And <laughs> I watched like I recorded the match on Sky and watched like yeah. all the girls back over and over and stuff. That's how I can see Kieran Clark calling the lad a twat. <laughs> um, but that's just because it was just like it's so nice to score. And like Matt, Matt Ritchie, we're having to talk Matt Ritchie. How good is Matt yeah. Ritchie? Like I know we've talked about it before, but brilliant again last night mm. like head and shoulders above everybody else since uh, Christmas as well I think it's like 11 goals since Christmas like so important especially when Gale's been out the side and, and you know we've, we've struggled for goals in some <laughs> games he's, he's, he's pulled with through on a number of occasions it's like 15 goals plus one nicked off him yeah. <laughs> by Keith Stroud um, so yeah thanks for listening everybody um, a great week for the club and I'll be at Cardiff on Friday I'll be there by myself most fucking likely looking at the amount of tickets going spare shock <laughs> spare for Cardiff I'm sure there are a couple of people who genuinely can't go for life circumstances. No, like those pricks hundred, I are going to games. Hundreds of them. No, not not in terms of going to games, but bought tickets, obviously, and just signing this. <laughs> because yeah. we're already promoted. But I'll be there, so we'll probably have a... I'll see what the crack is. I'll do a podcast probably on the Monday. It's bank holders, so we can all meet up and do a podcast about it. I don't know. If we win on Friday, that puts a little bit of pressure on Brighton. You just have to there. beat Bristol City. I know. It's, I know. it's doable. 5.30 on telly, though. And if, <laughs> if, the, if Newcastle are one point behind at that stage, you just, you just never know. You never know, so you're right. <laughs> um, we'll have a podcast next week, and then obviously a podcast the week after, after Barnsley. Then we'll have the kind of seven or eight shows we've got lined up on, on, the, on the post-season stuff and the reviews. So thanks for listening, and I'll leave you with me and Norman having a chat. So some of you might have seen that uh, last night Rafa Benitez spoke to the Spanish press. He did about 500 interviews with what seemed like every single journalist and news reporter in the northeast last night. Credit to him, he was working hard as usual. But um, he found time to to chat to some lads in Spain on the radio, and a few northeast or you know general news organisations had picked him up, but. I've always been a little bit sceptical about um, reading translated interviews. You know, some French players have, have often blamed translations in the past. So I thought we'd get in touch with podcast listener and contributor to an upcoming documentary that we've got, uh, Norman, who has lived in Spanish-speaking countries before, to, 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 to come on the phone and give us the, the cracks. So Norman, thank you very much for joining us. Absolute um, pleasure. Why don't we just jump straight into it? This, uh, this interview Rafa gave last night, uh, who was it to and what was it about? 
It was to um, it was to a Spanish radio station that um, I haven't heard of, so I might have to do a little bit of research on that. Um, but the interview lasted about six six minutes or so, and um, the presenter was very friendly towards Rafa. You could tell that uh, the way that he that he spoke to him it wasn't it wasn't a kind of Sky Sports um, interview where they're, they're kind of badgering him to get an answer, you know, to a question that really is quite irrelevant. It was just all very friendly and. Um, He's clearly uh, very impressed by the job that, that Rafa has done, and if, if his if his reporting is indicative of what um, what people are saying about Rafa in Spain, then obviously he's still held in in very high regard. Um, he the, the the presenter. His first thing was I, can't, I basically can't believe how quickly you've, you've come back up, and that let uh, Rafa talk. And he Rafa went on about um, how you know yeah, he, he really wanted to stay because. He was overwhelmed by the, the warmth of the people and he kind of realised how big the club was once he got here and um, and after talking he, and after being here for a bit he realised that, you know, in his words it was a, um, an, an exciting project um, and project kind of a word that I think a lot of sort of Italian, Portuguese and Spanish coaches tend to tend to use. Um, he said that, you know, he's really proud of the players and staff um, and, and he said everyone connected with the club um, and I think we all we all saw that last night after the match when he, he went round and pretty much shook hands with about fifty thousand people. Um, yeah. I think he, he you know he, that that pride clearly came across, and he he went on to say that um, the season's been incredibly tough. Um, he mentioned the fact that you know we're only the second team in what is it five or six seasons to go back up automatically after having been relegated. Um, he said that the you know the, the every game was almost was very compact, uh, really physical, and obviously the fact that you're playing two to three games in. Um, in ten days makes it, you know, makes it made for a very long and um, and hard season. And uh, again, he just he just kind of expressed the, the pride that he's got in um, everyone connected with the club, and that's you know that's players, staff, and um, and fans undoubtedly. Brilliant, good to hear. And I think I mean a lot of the main the main points people have picked up on. I suppose the only reason that this has come to light is because people have picked upon the um, the need for signings and, and a potential figure mentioned. Yep. Was that, yep. Did so that come across? That was uh, alluded to very brief, briefly towards the end. Um, the, kind of the first part of the interview, um, I'll, I'll go back to that just, just briefly. Um, the, the interview I said to him, I was talking to, the interview I said I was talking to our director of communications, and he said that um, you wouldn't believe the, the warmth and uh, the, the passion that's shown for Rafa up there. So obviously this, this guy's got some this lad's got some insight, um, and he said, uh, you know, he said it's something like um, like adoration. And um, and Rafa basically said, yeah, I think a lot has to do with the fact that many of the fans were, well, you know, when we when we came, I don't think they, you know, I think some of them were quite surprised by it. And then when we when we said we were staying, it was it was very unexpected. And he said, and, and basically Rafa said he he said, you know, we've got we've got fifty two thousand every home game, and this this presenter was just incredulous. He said, I can't I can't believe it, mm-hmm. second division game. 52,000, so that again, it was all very respectful, and you know, I mean, the, the reality is, Rafa was pretty much just stating facts, you know, we do get 52,000 each game, but I mean, that has a that has a huge impact in somewhere like Spain, because if you look at La Liga, um, you know, Liga B games, or the second division over there, they, their attendances aren't going to be anywhere near that, but anyway, I'll move on to the um, the, the kind of transfer talk, as you, as you asked, um, the presenter said, well, you need to make many changes, and he said, um, well, we need to make changes. The presenter then said, "But many." And Rafa said, "Well, look, this is you know this this is a squad." Um, he said he used the word um, plantilla, which which could it can infer staff, so it could be you know the squad and maybe wider. But this is a, a squad that um, half of it 
we got you know we sold when we got relegated, um, and half of it is made up of you know of people. Um, I won't specifically say players, but who were here battling against relegation more or less for two two to three years, and then eventually we went down. Um, and he said, obviously, we brought in players who are you know specifically geared towards playing in the championship. Um, so yes, we will have to make changes. Um, but he said, obviously, in the Premier League, there is so much money there now that prices are high, salaries are high, and it's difficult to sign players of a high level um, because, you know, lots of teams have lots of money. Um, and that was pretty much it on the transfer front. But the over sort of writing impression I got from the, from the interview was that, you know, in fact, I'll tell you what, there's something at the end was very indicative. The um, interviewer said to him, um, did you watch the classical? And Rafa was like, no, no, I was preparing for yeah, <laughs> match against Preston. And he said, um, you know, do you miss Madrid? And he went, well, you know, I miss certain members of my family, but most of my family's here with me, and I, I, you know, I come and go between Newcastle and Liverpool um, regularly. Um, and he said, uh, what about, you know, possibilities of uh, managing in Madrid again or in Barcelona? And he didn't specifically manage him, but he kind of alluded to it. And Rafa said, um, he said, I'm with Newcastle. Newcastle's my team. And it, you know, he's, a, he's, he's, he's pretty much a, he's a brilliant politician. You know, the answers that he gave were, were, were excellent. And, I, and, I, and I've come away from that thinking he's worked with people, i.e. at Madrid, who are a lot worse than the regime that he's operating under at the moment. And he can handle, he can handle that, I think, um, people like uh, Mike Ashley. And you just think that, yeah, I wouldn't fancy being sat in a room with Rafa if he's kicking off, put it that way. <laughs> Do you think we're, we're going to have talked about it on the podcast, which which you haven't listened to, obviously, because it hasn't been done yet? But uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about um, the the media reaction to Newcastle's promotion today, which has been wide ranging um, and very disrespectful in a lot of cases to Rafa. Um, yeah. Do Do you think the fact that he was, um, or even I mean, I know I know you said that this this gentleman who was interviewing him was either a friend or an admirer. Do you think that a lot of the questions asked in Spain, a lot of the thoughts in Spain, are are perhaps a little bit easier or, or more positive towards him because of because of what he's done in Spain? Whereas over here, I mean, I'll, I'll say it now, Talk Sport basically accused him all day of being a mercenary and um, having ripped off Newcastle, charged him uh, five million. I, I, I can't and... imagine that's the case in Spain at all. I mean, um, you, you're looking at, at someone who who this you know the the Spanish press. I mean, you know that the, the, they've got the issues as well, um, as I'm sure I'm sure you know. But um, this interview in particular, I mean, the, the guy knows that Rafa Benitez is a, is a bloke who's won. You know, he mentioned the champ, the, the Champions League with Liverpool, the UEFA Cup with Chelsea, the promotions with Extremadura and uh, Tenerife, the leagues at Valencia. There was nothing there that um, gave me any indication. This guy, this, this bloke, was thinking, well, I tell you what, uh, Rafa, you know, you're a mercenary and you're just there for the money. I mean. For, for TalkSport insinuate that, they're just, I mean, they're, they're just staring shit and they're getting sound bites. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, the, the the impression that I got from that interview in, is that Rafa is, he, he loves he loves being at the club and he's completely committed to it as long as he gets, you know, he gets. When I say what he wants, I mean, you know, I think, he's, you know, I think the owner of this, he seems to be a very, a very reasonable bloke and I don't think he's going to go in and make Ashton to look at 150 million and there, uh, or I'm going. There's going to be negotiation. And um, whatever talk sport or sky threw up now, I mean, you know what? There might be some truth in what they say, but based on what I've what I've read and what I've listened to in, in the Spanish press, that's certainly not what's what's being pumped out from over there at the moment. 
Brilliant. Uh, that just about does it, Norman. Thank you very much for coming on. No bother. Absolute pleasure. And um, yeah, as I say, the uh, the one the one thing that did amuse me that did have a, there was a little bit of a laugh when um, he did, you were asking uh, what was it? Uh, um, he said something along the lines of um, what is it you you know you like about living in England? You've been there for X amount of years. You were six years in Liverpool. Are you putting roots down? And you put roots down in the UK. And he went, I'm happy in England because of him, because the professionalism and uh, the, the respect that you get for, for working hard. And, you know, Rafa is, is a meticulous manager. And um, the interviewer then said, oh, not like yeah." And Rafa's response was, um, well, you know, not like in certain places. Hmm. Clearly alluding to Real Madrid, which just made me uh, made yeah. me giggle. And then and at the end, um, the, the presenter said, like, un abrazo, which is just, you know, a hug. And um, Rafa said it back. And he just, he just come across as being a big redoubted bloke. And I think, obviously, that's, that's the impression that we've all... Adam, since he's arrived here. Spot on, Norman. Cheers. Cheers, gents. Cheers. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com